0: Oh, also, I wanted to tap on, you know, we're using the word divorce, like the idea that that is not a negative thing Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. or something, any relationship, like you were saying to a person, to an experience, to a job, whatever, um, you know, that doesn't mean that you failed. Yeah. It just served a period of of time. And so now, you know, we're talking about word choices You know, when someone says to me, oh, I got fired from my job, I say, congratulations.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Oh, I broke up with so-and-so. Congratulations. Uh, Yes. And of course, if anyone is feeling pain, I am sorry you are in pain and congratulations.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, loved ones. Welcome to Naked Conversations, a space for you and I to meditate, strategize, and dream of the tools needed to transform into radical selves. I'm your host, Martisa Williams, free being, radical wayshore, and liberation doula. My purpose is to support the collective on our journey to deeper joy, sweeter justice, and fulfilling presence. So are you ready to step into your most liberated life yet? Let's get to it. Over the past year, it has become abundantly clear that our world and our communities are in desperate need of some healing. Between the state-sanctioned murders of dozens of Black and brown folks, to climate catastrophe, to the war on folks with uteruses, and all manner of international nightmares, the way we've always done things is killing us. And in the wake of all of this, many of us have felt hopeless and confused. We sign petitions and donate money and post on Instagram, but that honestly just doesn't feel like enough. For years, I have held the belief that transformed people transform the world. The work of freedom and liberation must be done both from the political side and from the shifting of the individual's heart. And for many years, I've been playing with methods of doing this for myself, working on how to unlearn the oppression that I grew up in, how to stop perpetuating that oppression in the world around me. And out of that inquiry and experimentation came The Toolbox. So The Toolbox is an annual membership packed with the tools I've used to make anti-oppression a daily practice. With the 12-month membership, you get unlimited access to all of my embodied liberation workshops, presence practices, group coaching, and more. Pre-sale of the membership starts now. And when you sign up between now and December 31st, you'll receive a free 30-minute one-on-one coaching session with me, regular group coaching calls exclusively for founding members, a free month when you refer a friend, and access to offer direct feedback on the membership as it grows. In an effort to create accessibility, I'm providing this membership with sliding scale pricing. So you can choose a price that is accessible for you for as low as $39 a month. This is a huge, huge part of my life's work, and I am so excited to share with you. For more information or to become a founding member, click the link in the show notes or go to letsgetnaked.com slash the toolbox hello 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 my friends welcome back to another episode of naked conversations I'm so happy to have you here excited for this episode but before we get into it I just wanted to um give a little context to this new offering that's coming out into the world that you heard at the beginning of the episode. Um, I am super excited for this. It has been a long, long, long time coming. This process that I have been building out, living through, practicing, is something that has been years in the making Um, and really, really feels like my life's Part of my life's work here I have known for a while is about getting free and creating access to freedom and creating um, deeper connection of freedom. Um, I am reminded of the Tony Cade Bombara quote that the role of the artist is to make the revolution irresistible. And in so many ways, that's what this work feels like to me is that this work this toolbox that is coming into the world um is my attempt to make personal transformation irresistible and a little bit behind it is that i have known for years since i started my foray in feminist literature and radical womanist literature i knew for a fact that in order to change the world, we would have to change ourselves. And um, recently, actually within the last couple months, read a quote by Miriam Kaba, who says essentially just that. And uh, because ultimately we are outpictured in the world, how we think, how we feel, um, how we act with one another, how we relate to ourselves, how we relate to one another. Um, that gets multiplied and becomes our systems, our society. And so we have incredible beings that are doing the work from the top down, working on the system, working on on the politics of it. That is so necessary, so necessary for all of us to be a part of. But also on the other hand of that is working towards our own personal transformation, making anti-oppression, a part of our embodied living because we have been um indoctrinated and programmed with these systems and when i say those words it sounds very like robotic or malicious but it's just like our culture is oppressive and we grew up in this culture from the ages of zero to seven we our brains are in this beautiful little hypnotic state where we're just learning how to be human and part of the learning was oppression it was domination it was white supremacy and patriarchy like it was all of these things and so now how we see ourselves is based and steeped in that but that isn't leading us to our liberation At a point it was leading us to our safety because if we did not act the way that the system asked us to act, then we could be in danger. But now we know that there's another way of being. And so this toolbox is the tools that I have used on my journey to freedom. And by no means am I the expert in this, but it's just, I'm a practitioner and my desire is to share the practice so that's what the toolbox is if you are interested in it and want to know some more information there's all the links in the bio you can go to letsgetnaked.com um but that's my dream you'll hear more of that in the next coming weeks but i wanted to share a piece of that before we hop into today's episode So today we talk with Caitlin Bev, who is a life coach, writer, and self-love advocate who works one-on-one with clients and facilitates group workshops and retreats. I was interested in Caitlin's work because when I first, started following her work she was talking a lot about singlehood and how about relationships and how to develop your autonomy around those things and her and i have been internet friends for a little while now and i was really excited to be able to have this kind of live conversation which is a smorgasbord of a bunch of things but in the conversation we talk about building trust building self-trust building trust in others we talk about caitlyn's journey to coaching we talk about singlehood and this kind of myth of the one of finding the one person and we talk about understanding abundance and ego death in love and ending romantic love and finding deep friendships and her process of coming out as a queer woman and how that has impacted her work and shifted her work and this conversation happened in the spring, so it's been a few months, but, and you'll hear here are some references to that, but it was so good and so lovely, and it's just like a good conversation between friends. So I hope you enjoy. I'll see you on the other side.
0: I'm very joyful, which I think is appropriate today.
1: Good, 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 good. So as I ask all my guests, what
0: made you, you? What made me, me? You know, what's weird is that question for some reason, I'm thinking of myself now. And I also picture like a really young self. Mm. Um, and, and, and I believe they are connected because <laughs> who I am now, I think really aspires to be more like this very young person who was full of joy, life, vitality, radiance, humor, curiosity, um, just love to play and perform around others boss people around and she wasn't very concerned with like what other people thought not coming from a place of ego I think coming from a place of like innocence and you know <laughs> the programming hadn't set in. <laughs> <Yes>. um, so <laughs> I aspired to do those things and um, you know I, I think we have similar practices where I now um, feel called to invite other people there as well.
1: I love that. I love that. I also feel we must have been very similar as children because I was also very in joy constantly and loved to be bossing people around, all <laughs> people around. <laughs> I was kind of one of those, those kids who like hadn't zero boundaries. Like everybody was like, fair game and everyone was going to be my friend type thing. Um, And it's very funny because I feel in so many ways, like you said, this journey is all about kind of coming back to that, coming back to that play, coming back to that trust. The word trust has been huge for me lately. Um, And just trusting that the universe is kind of going to catch you in your vulnerability, you know, um, so I love that, love, love, love that you said that.
0: Yeah, trust, that's a big one. Um, and I mean, I think we'll get into kind of, you know, learning to trust or even retrust yourself when I would say most of us go through an upbringing in systems that say, this is what you're supposed to do this is what you're supposed to look like. Please don't talk too loud. Please put your head down. And, you know, undoing, unlearning that is, is the work of our lifetime. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Let's talk
1: about trusting yourself. Um, Actually, before we get there, I want to give can you give everyone just a little bit of a background on the work that you do and how you got to do the work that you do? And then I definitely want to talk about
0: self-just. <laughs> yes. They're like, who's this lady? Um... Who are we talking to? <laughs> <laughs> um, my name's Caitlin, last name, Beb. Um, some people call me by my last name um, because it kind of sounds like babe, you know? So people <laughs> will be like, "Hi, hey, Beb, Beb, Beb. um (laughs) um, I okay I'm a life coach I'm like let's let's what's the resume I'm a life coach writer self-love mentor I used to be a performer and creator in New York City did that hustle for almost a decade and um was having some, shall we say, turbulence in my love life. And by that, I mean, I was, um, so I was in a relationship from 24 to 28 that was a beautiful experience and taught me so much and gave me a very strong foundation in my faith and love. Because when we, people talk about like, oh, well, it's really hard. I'm like, nah, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Um, and so I was single, you know, in my late twenties dating in New York city. And I was just like, Ooh, this is weird. This is, and it was also kind of like, you know, when the apps were really starting off and everyone was like, what is this? How does this work? Um, and I was like, you know what? I think I need some help because I had been in therapy for, with the same person for many years and she was very helpful, but I found myself kind of spinning on a little hamster wheel, kept talking about the same things without, you know, action towards, towards change or resolution. And so I came across someone that really inspired me and I started working with her, my, my first coach. And it was quite a game changer in terms Mm. of like, I had, I had a space to be, to be heard, to be seen. And But then I had homework. (laughs) Yeah, The conversation didn't stay in the room or on the phone. The conversation extended into action in my life. Love that. And then I had someone to circle back to that I felt zero guilt about texting. You know, if I was having a moment being like, hey, hey, I'm going through this. Whereas I have friends for that. But I also you were talking about boundaries as an adult, it's like, I'm aware that that's not their job.
1: Mm-hmm. They, they can mm-hmm.
0: be there to support me, but you know, there needs to be a little bit of a cap with friends where sure. <laughs> <laughs> they're not on call 24 seven for years on end, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that, that container was very special to me and something about it really kind of, you know, There was a knock on the door. There was a, you know, tingle on the back of my neck. There was a whisper in the wind. And I was like, "Mm, no, I don't think so. (laughs) Call back later. (laughs) And and primarily what that concern was about was I still wanted to be an actor. And Mm. so for me, there was a, a deep fear of how do I explain to people that I'm an artist in this realm And I also do this other work and I couldn't justify it. And, and that's okay. I think I truly believe in trusting the timing of your life. And I think the projects I was working on and what I was doing and where I was going, like, I wasn't, it was almost like, like my relationship with the performing arts, I felt like was a marriage Mm -hmm. and the way I explained Mm -hmm. to people was like, we got a divorce. It was amicable. Yeah. And and now it's this attitude of like, oh my God, I love you so much. You're in my life, but not like that. Yeah. In yeah. a different way.
1: Oof. I think about all the things, all of the relationships with humans, with projects, with careers, that we don't think we have access to divorce. I think about that a lot with... um thought processes and systems that we're used to being in relationship with. Like capitalism is a system that we don't quite know how to get out of relationship with. White supremacy is a system we don't, we're really struggling on how to get out of relationship with. Our trauma responses, our relationship, we're constantly trying to figure out how to get out of relationship with. And I think oftentimes we, at least for me, I've had to get to a place where I'm like, oh, I, there's something possible on the other side of this. And I, that's what I love about the word divorce or like how you use the word divorce And there is that like, this is not all that there is. There's something else possible. There's something else that can bring me more full joy and I can honor that past relationship and what it taught me or what it taught me even just about where I wanna go. I love that. Thanks for using it. I love yeah. language, love language. <laughs> me
0: too. It's, it's amazing because if you allow yourself to play with it, mm-hmm. um, it, it helps your mind, I think, explore um, where you can go. And then also for me, there's a sense when you start to take ownership over certain languaging and certain words it taps into something, you know, when you're identifying your core values or, you know, things that are really important to you. It's, it's something to circle back to that you can hold on to that. You're like, wait, what am I doing again? Oh yeah. Discernment. (laughs) (laughs) And then what, you know, what does that look like in action? Um, I love languaging too. And what you're saying is so important because, I think we are, you and I, everyone listening, are lucky enough to live in a time where the shiny veneer of these things, we were told, well, that's just the way it is. Mm -hmm. We, more so than our parents, more so than our grandparents say, no, that's not the way it has to be.
1: Yeah. Let's pivot that into relationships because one of the things that I find really amazing about your work is this kind of idea that like singlehood isn't something that needs to be fixed. So can you yeah. talk about that a little bit more? Cause I feel like that may be a new concept <laughs> for some of us.
0: <laughs> yes. Um. Oh, also I wanted to tap on, you know, we're using the word divorce, like the idea that that is not a negative thing Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. or something, any relationship, like you were saying to a person, to an experience, to a job, whatever, um, you know, that doesn't mean that you failed.
1: Yeah, It
0: just served a period of of time. And so now, you know, we're talking about word choices You know, when someone says to me, oh, I got fired from my job, I say, congratulations.
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) Oh, I broke up with so-and-so. Congratulations. Uh, Yes. And of course, if anyone is feeling pain, I am sorry you are in pain and congratulations.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Um,
0: Yeah. I mean, so... I have been single on and off for over six years. Um, and, you know, I say that number to people and they're like, whoa, <laughs> that's crazy. And I'm like, actually, it's not. I know people that have been single for over a decade. Mm hmm um and for some reason we still are really holding on to this this narrative of you know you meet someone you know each other you date it's it's seamless you know you have this this story and then and then you get married and then you have children Mm -hmm. you did it (laughs) then what that's always my question okay Uh, i checked all the boxes now now what (laughs) right and then cut to your your middle age and you're like oh i'm terribly unhappy um (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know and i think we're living in a time where it's like let's just stop pretending that that's everyone's timeline and Mm -hmm. let's just normalize you know um oh i don't know Someone coming to terms with their gender identity or, you know, their pronouns or, you know, maybe they decide to date someone they've never dated before. And it's not weird. Like, I just think, regardless of how people identify, it's like, let's just like, let the air out a little, you know, and like, stop holding on so tightly. (laughs) For sure. (laughs) Um, and then you know this idea of like it's not a problem you need to solve because it's not. Mm-hmm. And and I think there's so much freedom and pleasure in being on your own. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I think it's so interesting because I have many progr- programs spinning in the back of my head that aren't always of service. Um, or of service in another way. Um, yeah. Maybe not of service to my liberation. And one of, I um, I just transitioned out of a five-year relationship that was really important and um, powerful and magical and taught me ev- like so many things um and obviously it was extremely painful but what i have found is that it unearthed in me all these stories that i have about love and what it should look like and what a romantic partner should be that i was holding on to that i think in some ways were suffocating the relationship while i was in it and one of those is and i find um there are still so many of us specifically People who identify as women who are caught up in finding the one, finding the one individual that will magically get all of your, like check all your boxes and meet all of your needs for the rest of your life. And that's a concept that I struggle with, especially as being a, um, maybe you say, a polyamorous, curious individual who has practiced polyamory in, in multiple different forms forms but is still very curious about it um i still have a program around monogamy and around the one the individual one and so and that i need that in order to fulfill some type of um
0: right.
1: dream you know some type of purpose and this concept of being right now being single and in for the first time in five years, it feels, I don't know if I have language around it yet, what it feels like. Um,
0: well, I'm sure there's a feeling of newness that mm-hmm. you, your brain is trying to say, which one is this? What are we doing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> because sure. I think, there's a structure in place when you are in partnership in terms of your life and your lifestyle, which is beautiful. And I miss Mm -hmm. elements about that. Like, like sometimes for me, I I laugh at myself because, you know, I always try to circle back to being the outside observer. And so sometimes it'll be like a Friday night or a Saturday night and I don't have any plans. And I'm like, no, well, I wish I was going on a date right now or, you know, whatever, whatever i want to feel sorry for myself about and and i'm like yeah and you could like be with someone on a date and be fighting <laughs> <laughs> like the, you know the, the old grass is not always greener yeah um and it's true and I've, and and there's just i i'm always questioning like you know when we think of something good or bad it's like is it I don't Mm. think things are really good or bad. It's more like our how we're framing it.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I love the idea of curiosity around some of these questions and the curiosity around the good and the bad. Um, Earlier, we were talking about trust and myself personally, I've struggled a lot with um, coming out of more negative, relationships, relationships that felt like they weren't serving me and uh, struggling with personal trust. And I wonder, like when you are th- going through coaching folks who are struggling to trust themselves, and I think like self-trust is like a, it's like a foundational part of self-love. Um, What's your, what's your message? What's your advice? What's your prescription for that?
0: Yeah. Um, I think there's a few different things that you can start to do for yourself. Um, One is listening to your body. Mm. Um, I think that is something that we are now waking up to is how detached from our physical body a lot of people are um, and how Oh man, it just doesn't—it doesn't help, you know. I mean, it also doesn't help that our our <laughs> the system is not built to support us right. in terms of healthcare. But that is a different conversation. <laughs> um, but you know, in terms of what you have agency and control over, like, you know, just tuning in and being like, oh, like, why do I? Why is my stomach like upset frequently recently? You know, it, it might not be what you're eating. Um, <laughs> <laughs> might be something else. Um, so, so, yeah, I invite people to start tuning in to those sensations, both um, good and uncomfortable, like what, what are giving you cues? Um, and then to kind of look back at your own life history, because I think we are, for our brain, we are our own best examples of things that are possible and things that we struggle with. So to say, you know, what are the moments in my life where I said, that's it? Mm. You know, like I have chills right now just saying that. Like you feel you like, oh, I feel like myself right now. Mm. Or you say, oh, like, I think that's God. (laughs) And you just are in that moment because of whatever circumstances led up to it. So then I like wanna zoom out and go, okay, cool. <laughs> what, what, what was that, you know, what were those things that led you there? Yeah. And is there a version of that you can invite yourself to?
1: Yeah, And if, that.
0: you know, maybe someone says, I've never had that experience. I say, okay, cool. Um, who are the people in your life that are living in a way you, you would like to emulate And even people that you don't know, you know, that are going after something that you're like, wow, I really admire that. Instead of feeling, you know, envy as a negative thing, even if it's a flare up, even if it's discomfort, what you're seeing in them, you're recognizing because it's something within yourself. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So So when you have that feeling about someone, the reframe, I think, is like, Oh, cool. (laughs) (laughs) They're doing it. So that means it's actually possible. I try to get away from like the feeling of competition. I don't know her. Mm. I don't know Mm -hmm. what that is. (laughs) Because like, we are all so unique. We are all here. We are supposed to be here. We have our gifts. It's like, don't worry about it keep going you know keep foraging in this lane that is truly your own yeah i also just love that
1: piece about you know when you see it in other people you get to be like oh shit yes yes that's it and i think we see that the good and the the areas of opportunity it's like yes. every single relationship is a blessing because it quite literally is a mirror a direct mirror to what it is that you behold yes and I think that that's like the more that we can live in that space and in that truth I think the more deep satisfaction we can get out of our life
0: and our relationships yeah because you start cutting the fat in terms mm-hmm. of like wasting your own time honestly yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, and and you know I, I want to kind of Explain this a little bit more if people are like, oh, what do you mean? So, you know, you can look for these examples um, in different life act- aspects. So, you can find couples you really admire who have a help- healthy relationship, you know, and you can go, oh, wow, I love them. And weasel way- your way in, you know, if they're friends of yours, be like, hey, uh, can I come over for dinner next week? You know, <laughs> seriously. And, um, and then, if it's someone in career, can they be your mentor? Can you Mm. collaborate with them? Shoot them an email. What do you have to lose? Yeah. And instead of, you know, so it's like, (laughs) bring, you know, bring it closer. Um, And I'm like, what are are the other ones? Oh, uh, like if someone has a home that you're like, oh, your home is so beautiful. How did you find it? Mm -hmm. You know, how did you call it in? And so start to really give yourself this evidence that it's like not life. Isn't this like fantasy in the clouds. It's like, everyone (laughs) is making choices (laughs) and, and, you know, behaviors that are actions that lead to results. Yeah. Yeah. And that like, it's
1: possible for me, I'm always thinking about what trying to retrain my brain around what's possible. And being in relationship with those folks that have something, a quality, a thing, whatever it is that I am hoping to embody, it allows me to be like, oh shit, this thing is possible. And not, and I've actually, I've been playing lately, thinking a lot about abundance and thinking about my spiritual belief that like each of us are fully whole and, and fully infinite too. Like be, beyond just whole, like we're actually infinite beings. And so when I'm witnessing something beautiful in another person, I'm really just acknowledging that beautiful quality within my own self because I can only see what I have. So seeing that is only like, oh shit, like, oh, no, no, that's me. Like that, that actually is me. And I think yeah. I have been doing that so much, especially since I've gotten in gotten here to Mexico because there's so many beautiful people doing so many amazing things and I'm like oh this is how infinite we are that I literally get to see me in every single human I come in in contact with like that's how infinite I am and that's also how infinite they infinite they are like that feels so deeply nourishing and possible yeah You know, like it's a mirror of the thing that we can want or can have, but it's also the thing like we can have it because it's already ours. Yes. Hi, beautiful ones. I am pausing this episode quickly to let you know about a couple of ways that you can work with me. I am a liberation doula, which means that my work surrounds around helping folks to birth their most joyful, liberated lives. What does it look like to be free? What does it look like to practice freedom daily? And what does it look like to orient yourself towards personal and collective liberation? So in order to support people in their liberation, I have two ways to work with the one-on-one. The first is through liberation coaching, which is one-off coaching. You can go onto my website and sign up for a, a, a session. It's one hour where we can talk about anything that is pressing in your life or that is uh, coming up for you, questions that you want to answer or something that you want to workshop. It's a great opportunity for just kind of like anything that's coming up and you would like to. Talk talk with me about it or workshop it with me, it's a great way to do that. The other option is through the Journey Intensive Coaching Program, which is a three to 12 month coaching intensive where I walk you through my framework for liberation. This framework is something I've been working on for many, many years. And I say often is an extension of the work that my ancestors have worked on for centuries. I have boiled it down to a three-part framework, which is alignment, embodiment, and connection. First, we will walk through what is your dream for your freedom? What is the dream for your life? If you could have a full imagination about what is possible, Um, let's play and be in that space. And then we evaluate your values, see what is working for you, what isn't working for you. And then are you living in alignment to those values? And then we work through what it looks like to be an embodiment of those values, an embodiment of your intuition. And then we move into the connection piece, which is all about anti oppressions and the ways that we live out the systems of oppressions daily through the ways that we talk, the ways that we walk, the choices that we make, and things that we support. And how do we undo that? How do we remove those things from our embodied program? Um, And that's what we work through with the Coaching Intensive, which is a really beautiful opportunity to dig deep into your liberation and to create frameworks and systems for that. So if you're interested in working with me one-on-one, you can do that through the link in the show notes or go to let'sgetnaked.com slash coaching. Now let's get back to the episode.
0: You saying that for some reason, I'm just picturing the ocean and the horizon and those words kind of made me like relax my shoulders a little bit because mm. I'm like, Oh, you're right. If, if I don't have to hold on tightly, if, if what I want, isn't, you know, going to slip through my fingers and be lost because it's only this big, then what? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can breathe. Mm-hmm. I can I can see, I can have maybe more capacity to extend to others. Yeah. See, I, there's something that you talk about that I think is so important that resonates with me. And I'm going to completely paraphrase, but, you know, your thing about shifting the collective, shifting on a larger scale starts on the individual level. Yeah. And I think it's true. hmm because I know for myself, the, the moments in my life where I have, you know, been the darkest, the smallest, like really, really, you know, hanging on, I wasn't available to help other people. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> that didn't make me a good person. I was just around, you know, I was just, I, I don't know, like And, and, and I say that with the utmost grace and compassion and love for myself, but like, you know, if you're available and this is, I think about this a lot, if it is available to you, if you have the capacity and only you can decide, you know, how does you helping yourself, you know, gassing yourself up, doing things that really ignite you and inspire you and make you happy to be alive, then how can you bring that to others? And you'll want to, it will be, it won't even be a thought in your head.
1: Because you quite (laughs) literally become the frequency of it. This is where like my woo-woo language comes in. Yeah. (laughs) Because I don't know another way to explain it. And like, once you are that immersed in that joy, in that fulfillment, in that full body, yes, you quite literally embody the frequency of it. That's what I'm experiencing with joy. It's like the more that I'm like literally plunged into the ocean of joy, I walk around and people smile. They just smile at me <laughs> in a way that like, I've never seen people smile at me before. Oh, there's joy right there. <laughs> and I think, yeah. I, I think like that's, I keep saying for myself, I'm like, that's my movement work. Like that's my social justice work. That's my, my contribution to the world is being so full and immersed in my yes. That everyone else is like, oh shit, that's what it looks like. That's what it looks like to have a yes. I can have that too. It's possible. Hell yeah, it's possible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Hell yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Oh. And I feel like, you know, when we talk about these concepts, I always feel the need to put a little asterisk, a little, a little disclaimer of. of I I can only speak for myself. I am never, you know, negating someone's circumstances or experience mm-hmm. or history um, background, um, mitigating feelings. I, I'm saying and. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. You can have all of those things have happened and and. I love the way you put that. I love the way you put that. I
1: almost think it's, it's like, um, all those things that happen make you so deserving of it. It makes you so deserving of it. Oh. And like, honestly, nothing can happen to you and you are still so deserving of it.
0: Yes. Yes,
1: but um, I think, for me, joy, fulfillment, peace self love is a is a human right, it's just a human right, and I think we need to start thinking about it as that as a human right, because I think the more that we think about it as a human right, the more we um see creating access to it as an imperative, yes because trauma doesn't allow you to have access to it. Not having your needs met physically in the physical world doesn't allow you to have access to it. Yes. And so it's like, it's a human right. It is your right. Yes. You are deserving, not in spite of your trauma or the circumstances, but quite literally because of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think about that as, you know, as a black woman, as a woman. As a queer person, it's because of those things that I deserve this joy.
0: Yeah, and I've been thinking a lot lately about like all of our ancestors and what that (laughs) what that means. Um, You know, and and I've I've been I've invited myself on a funny journey of like learning more about some ancient traditions or, you know, ways of life um, from the places that I come from (laughs) in this body, in this lifetime. And I think there's, for me, there's something about that, that I, you know, being uh, invited to wake up for real, you know, as a 34-year-old white woman, I'm like, okay, well, I actually want to know where these people came from because I don't want to exist in a blob of whiteness because I think Mm. that's part of the problem Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. there is no identity. The identity is fear and shame and hatred. So, (laughs) (laughs) oh, (laughs) you know, that's all, um, (laughs) So that's been, and, and, and I, that's kind of a random comment, but just, you know, when I, when I think about work on an individual le- level, that's been, that's been a curiosity of mine to be like, how did these people do this thing? And I think about, you know, like our, our grandparents that were queer, mm. they weren't out. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> and if they Mm-mm. were something probably really bad, happened yeah yeah so or they didn't even know it was like an option yeah. like it was they an didn't option. know yeah you know it's just like a in your dreams like oh that was weird <laughs> right <laughs> who, who who thought that <laughs> I had a weird dream um and- man I mean it's crazy to me that we're still like the, the you know, on the frontier of this work of mm. inclusion that people are like, you want to be called what? And I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> oh, you know, and what's really interesting about it, going back to self-love, I think that if we had a deeper praxis, a deeper practice and a deeper understanding, collectively and individually, about loving of self, acceptance of self, I think I'm going to actually venture to say I know that we would not be having these conversations. We would not be having the conversation of what pronouns do you want to have because it would be abundantly clear from my own place of like here's who I am and here's how I honor myself. And here are the ways that I want to show up in the world and I want to be received in the world. From that stance, I go into the world and be like, oh yeah, of course, you fucking, whatever the fuck you want to be called, I'm going to call it to you because that is honor.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like seeing people and and respecting them. You're right a thousand percent. I mean, it's the same attitude as like, you know, trying to, convince someone like why s- someone's life is of value. Yeah, like yeah. Wh- <laughs> I, I, I'm confused <laughs> by the conversation. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and and you're right it just all circles back to to shame, mm-hmm. to self-hatred that is so deep. It, it's not surprising. And so, you know, I think those of us that, you know, are in the, in the spheres that we're in, it's like, buckle up, buttercup. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we have work to do. Yeah. And um, I think it's a marriage and a, and a coexistence of, because, you know, time is very precious, but thinking about infinite resources, I think time is also very flexible. Yes. Yes. And we get to be very discerning about how we use it. Yeah. So when I say that, I mean, you know, are your self care, self love practices really solid and in place to energize you for the road ahead yeah. so that you have You can say, oh yeah, I have time to write that email. Oh, of course I have time to make that phone call. You know who I'm going to reach out to today? Uh, You know, like snowball,
1: I think. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I totally agree. I think it's like, it extends your capacity. Like just your capacity. You can't, you can't, if you're bogged down with the shame and the self-hatred and all the, the things, You're not going to have, you're trying to figure that mud out. You're trying to get
0: through (laughs) that, you know? Yes. You ain't got time to be thinking about nobody else. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to figure this shit out. I'm trying not to drown over here. And I I want to, yes, and I want to say, like, I think we're acknowledging that, like, uh, of course, you know, and I'm not, I'm not blaming anyone for, for being in that place because that is me. I, I, for the longest time, like when I lived in New York City, I had this knock at the door that I wanted to like return to volunteer work that I had done when I was much younger. And I was like, I can't do that. I don't have time. I don't have uh, 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 that because I was too busy trying to survive. and But I also was very busy feeling sorry for myself. (laughs) yes I want to acknowledge that is a a full-time job (laughs) it really was and you know what else takes up a lot of time is dating people that aren't aligned oh my god it's weird how much time that takes up (laughs) because not only is it the time you're spending with them it's the mental energy before and after of (laughs) Oh, <laughs> yes exactly exactly for
1: those that uh i hope that you caught that for those that are only listening and not watching oh
0: oh oh yeah <laughs> I, I i made a gesture with my hands it was kind of swirly and whirly <laughs> uh and again like oh my god i think you really do have to run into the fire mm. to feel that burn to be able to say to yourself you know what I'm actually not going to do that
1: again. I actually deserve more.
0: I just deserve yeah. more, and
1: those individuals deserve more, and the life I'm trying to create is just different than that one, you know. But I think you have to. You like you said, you literally have to be burnt a little bit to to, to recognize that
0: as a as a reality. <laughs> Get a little crispy, yeah. <laughs> Get a little crispy, Get a little crispy. <laughs> And you know what is beautiful about that, um, and I'm curious actually to hear more about you know your experience now. Um, but I've noticed for myself when I have gone through heartache, it has really expanded my empathy. Mm-hmm. 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 Because I am so sad and I'm, I'm disappointed and I'm in so much pain that I think, oh man oh yeah, you went through that thing. And oh, it it just, it makes me feel more connected to my, to people. Yeah, yeah. Because I think as
1: much as joy is a collective frequency, like a collective um, experience that all of us hopefully have touched into at some point, pain absolutely is one. It absolutely is one. And I think there's almost like a portal there of like, when I'm in this pain, I actually get to connect with all the folks that have felt it before, you know? And that's where the empathy comes from, is being like, oh, we're more connected than we are separate, even through our emotional processes and, and the things that we feel deeply. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. One thing that I experienced in my recent heartbreak was the feeling of ego death. Is Mm -hmm. that something that you've experienced, have clients who've run across? I quite, and I guess I can be a little bit more explicit. I felt like when my partner decided that our relationship was no longer the container that was best for their growth, and really they didn't think it was the best for my growth either, but I did not agree at at that particular time. Um, I felt like I went through... A experience where my paradigm, my understanding of how the world worked, how I really less than how the world worked, but how I worked and who I was and all the pillars that I had created and boxes and walls and things, I felt them all get shattered. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Just shattered. Yeah. And there was a moment where I was like, oh shit, do I need to like build this back up? Or do I just let it let it be broken? And I think I let it, I just let it be broken. But have you like, that was the first time, and I've been heartbroken before, but that was the first time I had ever experienced that where I was like, oh, like everything I knew to be true, well, I thought I knew to be true about myself that wasn't serving me is has disintegrated in front of me all my defense mechanisms mm. disintegrated
0: yeah well it's such a beautiful invitation because you know when you're in a, a long-term partnership like that i think you I don't want to say become a version of yourself, but you fall into different patterns and routines and ways of relating, and and that's not bad. Um, but then, when that partnership is dismantled, you have the opportunity to, I think, like what you're saying, is perhaps begin again. Yes. Which I imagine <laughs> to to circle back to the beginning you know, you start to go, wait, who was I actually before this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because there was a time where you were great, thriving, fine before this relationship. Mm -hmm. So I would venture to guess (laughs) (laughs) you're going to be great, fine, thriving some point after.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I definitely feel like it was like, I had put on an armor. The armor got shattered and broken. And then there was like a very small me in there. That wasn't actually not small, just small in space, but like small in age, let's say. Yeah, yeah. That I was like, yeah. oh, yeah, I remember her. <laughs> I remember her. <laughs> Let let's see, let's see if she wants to come out and play.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. It was beautiful because that. Oh, oh! When you think about like a child's love, it, it is it is pure. It is I think you know really tapped into to spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And we complicate things a lot as adults with romantic love. Yeah. you know, and hey. It's, uh, I get it. It's science. It's biology. You know, we, you, you exchange fluids and your, your brain goes, "Ah!" (laughs) okay, uh, how do we we make this happen? (laughs) We're literally designed for it. Totally cool. And, (laughs) you know, and how do you say, all right, all right, all right. If I know that's going to happen, how can I set myself up for growth, success, uh, in a way that it's like, I have a foundation of mm-hmm. friendship of that kind of love, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. deep connection, trust, mutual respect that is so much more than, you know, the physical expression of that. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. One thing I've also been trying to do is learning how to practice that across all relationships. Like really trying to practice that with the relationship that I have with myself, first and foremost, and across the spectrum of relationships that I am privileged to be in. And I think like being in practice, and it's funny because my my previous partner actually would tell me this prior to our ending our relationship and I guess they were right whatever (laughs) (laughs) but that like learning how to be in the practice of love across all relationships is actually just really good practice for romantic love because romantic love in some ways feels like it can be like high stakes loving
0: (laughs) yeah yeah
1: you know yeah So doing it with a friendship that doesn't feel so high stakes or with the stranger or with the acquaintance or with the the internet friend or whomever, it's like, oh, like, okay, now I know how to do this thing. So when I'm flooded with emotions and insecurity and whatever that comes up in romantic love, at least I knew how to do it then. So maybe I can replicate it here.
0: Yes. I think um, something that you know, even if you're someone who um, is in monogamous uh, romantic partnerships, I think something um, like a cool thing you could steal from polyamory is the idea of getting your needs, needs met from other people. Yes. So your primary romantic partner, like know that they cannot possibly give you everything you need. And to really cultivate your friendships with deep soil, with yes. lots of fertilizer, so that, you know, you can say, oh, <laughs> well, tonight I'm hanging out with so-and-so because that, you know, and, and I, that's the practice that was new to me, um, mm. to, uh, I, cause I, I, I noticed myself being, you know, that person in my mid twenties of like my partner was my everything. And so then when that went away, I was like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> and funny enough, it was actually one of the first women I, I had an experience with that was like, Oh, I actually don't, you know, I don't have desperation around dating because my friendships are so rich, mm. and I was like, "Oh, what's that like?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And so I actively, I'm like, I wonder who's going to listen to this. I actively, as an experiment for myself, started to be like, you know, not pursuing my friends as if I was dating them, but an energy of that,
1: yeah, yeah, of yeah, like yeah.
0: of in of interest mm-hmm. of adoration and affection can of you give like, us, ooh, go ahead.
1: No, I was going to no, say, no, go can ahead. you give us examples? Like I want, I want to know what that looks like in your, especially, okay, so let's talk about being a queer woman in relation, in friendships. Yeah. Where you want to be in that adoration, but there's also like boundaries you want to uphold at the mm-hmm. same time. What does that look like for you?
0: Yeah, um, I think with my straight friends, the the boundaries are just very clear um, and I think they feel very safe. Um, yeah. Which I could, I mean, we could argue that, honestly, I think of anyone. Like, I love when people are like, can men and women be friends? I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Because, <laughs> um, you know, I have straight single male friends. Like, it just, it's, it's about safety in the relationship and you know do you communicate do you trust each other and then you know I think you're tapping on something interesting in terms of like getting to know new friends um or potential lovers I think uh intention Mm -hmm. is important Mm -hmm. um and communication um do you have to go into it landing on a dime knowing what it is no absolutely not But I think it's really important to when you're getting to know someone new, let's say to be like, Hey, this is, you know, where I'm at, where I'm coming from. And here's, what's on my mind. (laughs) (laughs) And to not be scared what their response is going to be, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Because any, I I truly believe any rejection is redirection. Mm -hmm. So if someone is not picking up what you're putting down, Awesome. Amazing. Nice to meet you. Bye. (laughs) I love that.
1: I love that. Because our nervous systems will have us think in rejection as so many other things. So many other things. (laughs) Redirection is a lovely way to think about it. Yeah. So before we head towards wrapping up here, um, I'm curious that you had posted something on Instagram about this being your first summer out Mm -hmm. as a queer woman. How is that feeling for you? (laughs) (laughs) How is that experience for
0: you? Oh my God. Okay. So yeah, to give kind of the cliff notes, I've always known that I'm queer, Um, but it was one of those things where I didn't, you know, have experiences when I was like a teenager and I grew up, it's, it's funny. Cause people are like, Oh, is it your, you know, religious experience? Um, I grew up in a very, uh, liberal Episcopal church in Pasadena, California. Cool. Like I'm talking like we had a float in the LA gay pride parade, Okay. like okay. the church yep. was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was my, like, I, I grew up in, in an environment where if I wanted to come out, I could come out, but I just, I was scared. And, um, and also this feeling of being queer enough, I think was always at the forefront of, you know, yeah. being feminine and, and just, and, and being intimidated, honestly. So, so yeah, never felt the need. And then this year, I mean, God talk about, you know, a time frame of like, everything unearthing I just it was so clear to me that I was like Caitlin how can you possibly talk about authenticity and still be denying this part of yourself yeah yeah and I was like all right fine (laughs) (laughs) um and it has felt great I mean the support I received was really beautiful and I have to say social media is giving me such a thrill right now. Like lesbians on TikTok what? are not here <laughs> to play. They are churning out content that is so thrilling. <laughs> I have to like all... limit my screen time, you know. Right, right. Um, so sorry, long answer to your question, but um I mean, I think any time you inch closer to yourself, it's, Mm. it's, you know, life giving. Yes. And, um, and I hope my deep hope is that, uh, you know, anyone, even if it's one person seeing my story, that that invites them to their own.
1: Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, before I ask my last question, where can people find your work and support your work and book a coaching session?
0: Yeah. Um, so I love Instagram, which of course is how we connected. Um, my handle is my full name, Caitlin Bebb, B E B B. And then my website is Caitlinbebb.com. <laughs> awesome. Easy. Make it easy for people. Yeah. <laughs> for sure.
1: Um, so what is lighting you up right now?
0: Oh man. So I live, um, kind of in between, um, the Hudson Valley and the Catskills mountains, which for people who don't know, it's kind of the area like two to three hours north of New York city. Um, and this spring has been gorgeous. Like I've been taking walks and just the, color spectrum of the flowers blooming and just that you know smell of when it's rained and the sun and 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 the days getting longer I feel like for the first because I grew up in LA and then mm-hmm. lived in the city for a decade so feeling like this is my first real spring has been incredible oh god I love that I love it <laughs> And also like not to be this person, but like anytime I'm feeling some type of way, I just give it to nature. Mm -hmm. Like I just put myself in nature and wouldn't you know it, that feeling starts to kind of go somewhere else.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Be that person all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Have you guys checked out Uh, nature? Right, right, right. (laughs) Um, Thank you so much, Caitlin. I'm so happy that you came on and to be able to talk and share this space with you.
0: Thank thank you. True, true blessing.
1: So what did you think, my friends? (sighs) I hope this episode helps you shift your perspective on relationships and friendships and what we hold dearest. I'm so happy you joined us this week. Please continue to subscribe, share all the things. And I will talk to you next week. Much love to you.